0: was bitter to the core there was nothing to live for until love came my name is Harold J Perkins and at the age of 17 i was selling drugs and on my way to an early grave while sitting in my house with about 10 guys god gave me an out of body experience and i was lifted above the room i could see everything moving in slow motion after that i got up and put those guys out and i cried out to jesus christ He came into my life with liberty and purpose. Then I ran into religion. And it has taken me over 40 years to navigate through religion to fully understand what came into me that day. This podcast is to help put you on a faster track than it took me to get through religion and experience life, liberty, and purpose on a higher level. So get ready, we're about to start a revolution. Again, welcome. I'm excited about getting into what I've covered on the last two episodes, that if you are in Christ, you cannot sin. And if you cannot sin, you cannot be condemned unless you let someone like the devil or other Christians get you to condemn yourself. Why is this so important for you to get and understand? So you can know what is in you, that what God put in you, The spirit you in Christ is perfect and has no desire to do wrong or evil. All those desires are coming from your flesh, which is not you. And the God seed in you can grow to dominate your flesh and everything around you that is trying to stop you from fulfilling your purpose. If you will come into the presence of God in prayer consistently to get the sunshine you need and get into the Bible consistently to get the water that you need. But if you are in condemnation and guilt, you will not want to come into the presence of God consistently. And if you do, and you don't shake off the condemnation, you will have no faith to believe God. The condemnation will be like a weed choking your faith to believe. And everything in the kingdom of God works by faith by you having faith to believe God will do what you asked in prayer. Let me give you an example of how God feels about this. Many years ago, when I did not know what I just said, I was in the presence of God feeling condemned and guilty. I had done something wrong. I don't even remember what it was, but I knew it was wrong. And I'm sitting in the presence of God, and I heard God speak to me in a tone that I had never heard him speak to me before. It was an angry tone. And this is what he said for me, feeling condemned and guilty. He said, You are not in my presence because of what you did and didn't do. You are in my presence because of what my son has done for you. And it caused me to weep. And I'm just really fully understanding now what he was saying. God, Will never condemn you in Christ. Romans 8 1 says in the original writing that there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus, period. This was so liberating that translators and even the King James Version added something to this verse to say that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit, but that's not what the original writing said. The truth is that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ, period. And how is this? Because Jesus took our sins and then the standard for sins, the law, died with Jesus Christ. And those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ are no longer under the law. The world is under the law because they are not in Christ. Even though Jesus died for the sins of the world, they are still in their sins until they receive Christ. But if you listen to what most churches are preaching, you would think that we are still in our sins. Why is this happening? Because Satan is using the blind to lead the blind. Because he knows if you ever get a hold of what God really has done to empower you for dominion on earth, you will rise to a level of living that shows that you're walking with a living God, a God who is supplying all you need and more. You will live a life of liberty and joy and peace and purpose that will cause you to stand out from the religious people who say they know God. A life with God should produce the fruit of God. So Satan has gotten into the leadership of Christianity to preach things that have people condemned and thinking if they do enough good, maybe God will bless them. If you are in Christ, God has already blessed you. Now take the time to learn what he has already done and apply his principles and watch what happens to your life. When I took responsibility and started reading for myself and listening to those who spoke of a living God, a supernatural performing God, my life changed for the better. I start seeing the fruit of walking with a living God. And that's what this podcast is all about, to inspire you to get to know God for yourself, not religion. Jesus came to do away with sin so you can have confidence in your father God doing you good. Now, I said on the last episode that God has cut your spirit off from your flesh and placed your spirit in Christ Jesus, and the sin in your flesh is not touching your spirit in Christ. Now, you might say, how can this be? Well, it's the same way God has done something incredible with a baby in a mother's womb. Medical science tells us that the bloodstream of a baby in their mother's womb is not circulating with the blood of the mother. They're on two different bloodstreams. They never touch one another, something God has done. This is why God could birth Jesus Christ with undefiled blood by placing his seed in Mary, Jesus' mother, and her defiled sinful blood never touched Jesus, because if it did, his blood would not qualify to be payment for our sins. In like manner, your undefiled spirit in Christ is not touching your defiled sinful flesh, a supernatural circumcision that God has done. So the most supernatural thing that God would do for you, he's already done it when you received Christ. So why would you not expect more supernatural occurrences in your life? Now let's go deeper into this. Let's look at the first thing that the prophet of God said about Jesus as he was about to begin his ministry. I'm in John chapter one, verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The first thing that he said when he saw Jesus for the first time is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, a lamb was killed every year to take the sin for the Jewish people for one year. God would accept the blood of the unspotted lamb, and it would be for payment for their sins for a whole year going forward. Whatever they did that was unpleasing to God for that whole year would not be credited for sin to them. God would bless them for the whole year, so there was no condemnation for that year because the price had already been paid. Did you hear that? This was a shadow of what God would do with Jesus Christ for the whole world. Those who believe would be taken out of the world, their spirit, and placed in Jesus Christ. But this would not be just for a year. It would be forever, eternal forgiveness. So why would you allow someone to condemn you when you've been forgiven forever, if you have accepted Jesus Christ. Listen to Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 through 15. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal Redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of a heifer sprinkled the unclean, sanctified for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offer himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death, for the redemption of transgressions that were under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of an eternal inheritance. So we have been forgiven forever. We have been totally liberated and set free. But God gives us a warning not to take our liberty for granted and allow our flesh to lead us in a way that we leave ourselves open to Satan to come in and Take us toward death. Let's read the caution. I'm in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. And I want you to notice, he didn't say repentance of sin, he said repentance of dead works. He's talking about the works of your flesh. In other words, he's saying we should still be repenting of works of our flesh, dead works of the flesh. And then it goes on to say in faith toward God, verse two of the doctrine of baptism and the laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open chain. For the earth, which drinking in the rain that comes often upon it and brings forth herbs met for them by whom it is dressed, receive blessing from God. But that which bears thorns and briars is rejected, and is nine unto cursing, whose end is to be burnt. Notice it says that their end would be burnt, not them, but the end of their life here on earth, because it was not a life that produced the fruit of God. They gave way to Satan, allowing their flesh to dictate their lives. Now, some people believe that this passage is saying that they were condemned to hell. Well, let me, let me tell this story, and you tell me at the end of this story what you believe. There was a billionaire, and he, he was married, and he and his wife could not have any children. So he adopted five sons and began to raise these five sons. He gave them his name, and uh, he trained them to be just like him in with men of integrity and men that would do business right and just just— great citizens. He taught, he trained them how to be because that's what he was. That's what his wife was. In the process of time, he also got burial plots for all of them in the same place that they all would be buried in the same place when they die. Well, his wife died and she was buried there. Four of their sons died and they were all buried there. And these four sons all lived modeled lives they were just like their father they lived lives of integrity and the father was pleased and happy with the way they ended their life but there was one son that was still alive and the father and this one son that was alive was different he started off just like his father he did everything with integrity just like his father he was a good man but then he fell away and he started cheating people in business he started uh cheating on his wife and and just abusing his children just just started living a a, a wretched life. And eventually this son died. Now the father has a decision. He's still my son. He still carries my name. Am I going to bury him with the rest of the family? I'm going to say, you know what? He did not do well. I'm going to bury him someplace else. Matter of fact, I'm going to put him in a place of torment. Do you think this father would do this if he was a loving father? How about you and I? Would we do that? Probably not but well, somehow we think that's what God would do that God would cause now remember that when you come into the family of God your name is written in heaven your burial place is are well let me say it this way your place when you transition from life on earth has already been prepared by God now because you didn't finish well and you didn't finish strong is he going to send you now to hell people believe that no i believe that this passage of people here that is described here that they're still heaven bound. They they missed a life of fulfillment here on earth. You see, there is no joy in having been placed in Christ, but choosing to let your flesh dictate your life. There's no joy in that. Now, falling down in the flesh and getting up and purposing to do better is another thing. I can't tell you how many times that I fell down in different areas of my flesh, but I kept getting up until I got to victory. You can do the same. The power is in you, but it takes time to renew your mind to the truth of what God has done in your spirit. And the truth is, nothing can hold you in bondage in the flesh if you will will to be free. Listen to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 19. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. In other words, the bringing in of this better hope made us perfect. Our spirit has been made perfect in Christ, without sin, so we can continue to come near to God, and in coming, we'll receive what we need to walk in victory. Let's go to our final passage of scripture. It's in Romans chapter 4, verses 21 through 24. Here's what it said. But now the righteousness of God, without the law, without do's and don't do's, is manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by the faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all those that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us, there's no difference. Verse 24 says this, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, all of us Have been justified by grace. No matter how good we think we were before Christ, no matter how bad we think we were before Christ, we have all been justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ, and we're on an even playing field. In Christ, there is no difference. All have been made righteous, all have been made like Christ, washed pure. So whatever blessings you see another in Christ walking in, you can walk in. Whatever power you see manifesting in another in Christ can be manifesting in you. The Lamb of God has not only paid for your sins, he has made you like himself. You are God multiplied. And just like Jesus, when he walked the earth, he humbled himself under his father and did what was pleasing to him. We are to humble ourselves under our Lord Jesus and do what is pleasing to him. And part of pleasing him is how we treat people. If you've seen those who say they know Jesus, but they don't treat people right, they are religious. They don't really know our Jesus. They're not submitted unto him. They may be on their way to heaven, but they're not walking in their assignment on earth. We are here to bless people, not to live unto ourselves. And when you do live for people, watch how God blesses you. You are God multiplied and God is love. Our greatest growth of maturity in God is to love like him, and he showed his love by giving his only begotten son to die on our behalf. What a life God has made available unto us. When you get in the book and read it for yourself, and you begin to practice the principles, you'll start receiving what is in God. It'll start coming unto you and, you know, it's, it's like uh, sometimes we, we, we just don't use basic common sense. You know, as I was raising my children, I would ask this question and neighbor would be puzzled. I can see the expression on their face when I brought this question to them. I said, who invented fun? And they looked at me like, what? Yeah, who invented fun? And I said, well, God, wouldn't he? Right. If you can have fun, it had to be made available through God. Right. And I said to, to say to them, God wants you to enjoy life. God doesn't want you to to be all burdened down. God wants you to be happy. God wants you to be joyful. God wants you to have peace. That's what God has available. And we've allowed, I should say, many have allowed religion to stop you from receiving this. This thing has never been meant for you to just show up on Sunday. This thing is meant for you to get into the book and get into a relationship with God and begin to practice the principles that he's put placed in the book. And next thing you know, wow, look what just showed up in my life. Oh my, look what just showed up in my life. Wow. This is a living God. That is what's supposed to happen. And when you understand that you cannot sin and you don't Get into condemnation and guilt, and you keep coming to your father and you keep coming to your father. The next thing you know, your life begins to blossom and you have a life full of joy and peace and love. It's available for everyone in Christ if we'll take the time to get the sunshine in his presence and get the water of his word. Let me say right here if you don't know our living Savior, Jesus Christ, You can get to know him now. Pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. Jesus, I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live this life. Thank you. That's it. It's that simple. If you believe what you just prayed, he has come in. Start reading the Bible for yourself. You can start in the book of St. John and in the book of Romans and God will begin to show you his purpose for your life, and he'll begin to show himself unto you. Okay, we'll see you on the next episode.